Today we're talking about computers here at Liberty University and we are pleased to have a very special guest with us. Um, our guest today works in IT administration and I'm going to let her give you her title, um, but um, I'll simply say besides working in IT administration, Connie is my wife of 31 years and the mother of our four sons. And so, welcome. Thank you, thank you. The title that you can never remember is Enterprise IT Communication Liaison. And I always say that's a big mouthful. It basically, it's the people part of IT, the bridging between the technical group and all the end users or the marketing team or whatever, but the people part of that. Computers at Liberty has come a long way, and I was here long before computers came, and I remember for the faculty, it was sort of like we were being pulled into the computer and digital age, and mm -hmm. I'd just like you to comment on some of the early history of computers at Liberty. Well, as you're aware, we've not only as a, as a university, but also as um, an entire nation and, and I guess world, our culture has changed in the last 20 years dramatically. And that really started here at Liberty probably in the late 90s. We started bringing in um, not only servers, but by the early you know, 2000, 2001, we were bringing in desktops and putting them in classrooms and, and putting them on faculty desks. And we were starting to basically have this revolution that we, we have seen now grow into such a big industry, especially with our online education. So it's, it's been quite an interesting haul. I joined the Liberty staff here in 2000. And uh, so I didn't make the, the part that happened just in the late 90s there, but I've seen most of it mature as you have, David, and, and it's been quite a, a significant story to watch. I often tell some of the younger people who are on the staff, I said, you, you cannot imagine how much has happened in the last decade. You, Dr. Falwell has all, was always up front with his vision for the university to have 50,000 students. That was his goal. Mm -hmm. And the director of technology at the time was Maurice Safke. And he had a vision for computing at the university. Mm -hmm. And he actually implemented the infrastructure. Can you talk to us about what makes all this technology work? He did. Um, I think there were several parts that came to fruition. One was, as I just mentioned, putting the actual hardware out on the desk um, of the users, so getting it out on faculty desks or in financial aid or all the various offices here at Liberty. The other part was the behind the scenes. It's a lot less glamorous. Um, typically, very high, high dollar amounts as you're building you know, complete infrastructure, and that would be the cabling in the wall and the servers and the data centers and um, the switches that are all out in all the dorms, the wireless infrastructure, the phone system, all of these are, are just phenomenally complex. And uh, in order to build for the future, you, it, it's one of the interesting things, you have to build for what you don't even know will be there. Um, technology is commonly said to have become completely outdated in about every 18 months. But you may start a project that's going to take you 24 months to complete. So you're literally building now something that will surpass what you know to be technology today. And so you try to find common standards, you try to find uh, industry swings and, and try to look for things that you say, this is my best anticipation of what we're going to need, not just the 24 months down the road, but to sustain for four, five, six, seven years, something along that line. Today we have 
a resident campus with over 10,000 students and a, our external degree program, LUO, has what, 80,000? Uh, the target for this year is 80,000. All this is made possible because the initial pipeline was big. Is mm -hmm. that right? Mm -hmm. Well, several things. Yes, there was definitely um, a major, what we would consider the backbone, the fiber that connects the different parts of the campus, um, the amount of data that's coming in, all of that, yes, was was built. I, I would say it in a, maybe a, an easier way to look at it is is built to scale. So if I know I might need more later, can I buy something that I know I can buy multiples of? And, and an example would be the internet. Um, you, you don't buy all the internet you're going to need perpetually, but you, you have to buy it in smart ways so that you can add redundancy and you can add more capabilities later. One of the most exciting changes in technology, at least for students and faculty use in recent years, has been the um, adoption of a wireless system here at the university. This wasn't a small feat to accomplish, was it? This was not. Um, one of my favorite stories that I often tell, uh, just to demonstrate the change in expectations from our students, was one day when I received a help desk ticket and someone was complaining because the wireless was broken on the soccer field. And I started laughing because there was no wireless on the soccer field. I couldn't imagine why someone thought there would be wireless, much less the fact that it was broken. But their presumption was that it was broken because there was none. And that was a big learning day for me because I thought the students of that particular era had come so accustomed to having wireless everywhere that if it was not accessible, the obvious answer was it must be broken. And. Um, and while we were a little amused at the time, it, it really was a turning point for us to say, you know, as the students are coming on, um, the expectation is it doesn't matter if I'm sitting out on the hill or if I'm in my dorm or if I'm in a classroom. Um, anywhere that I might be, I, I need not only to be able to access my computer, but of course now all of the, the smartphones and the tablets and all the other digital devices that everyone's carrying. So we went through um, a couple deployments. We, we had a, a wireless network here for several years and um, then got to a place where we wanted to do some fairly hefty improvements to it and um, do some, some things that truthfully a lot of engineers said were impossible. We did a partnership through Aruba and um, were able to not only increase the amount of wireless capabilities that we had, but we put out what they call IPTV, meaning that television runs through the computers and so the, instead of wiring all of the dorms so everyone could see TV that way, they basically made it so everybody could um, watch the television through their computer. And they originally said, you know, you'll be lucky if you can get three channels that can all run at the same time. And we're now up to, I think the last count I heard was 23 channels. So um, we've gotten a lot of recognition for that. We had a lot of our people have been sent to speaking engagements. And uh, it's just, it's a really cool demonstration of what all's happened here. You mentioned the use of television with the internet. Uh, let's talk just for a minute about uh, blended technology and the how that through the use of digital information, the telephones and email can all work mm -hmm. together. Well, we've had two things happen in the last few years, and, and it's not just at Liberty, it's certainly across the culture. Um, but examples here are one we've we've had what we call the converged network where you basically start to bring everything into digital format so for example in the older 
um, phone system, all of the telephones ran on copper wiring. Today, all of our telephones run through the regular Ethernet cables or on, onto the fiber. And um, that's commonly called VoIP or Voice Over IP. And once we had the voice system in place, then what that allows you to do is, first of all, you cut down your, your building cost because instead of running two cables to every desk, you're only running one. And then secondly, you're allowed to run all that traffic in and out, and you begin to have the capabilities to merge your systems. So for example, the system you're referencing there allows us to make a phone call. I could call your desk, and if you did not answer, it would go into your voicemail through the voice, I mean through the telephone, but then it would also take that and transcribe it into um, a, a WAV file that would basically go into your email, which you can now get through your mobile device while you're you know, on the other side of town. So you're allowed to take a lot of these technologies and interblend them. Another one that, that comes to mind that's, that's happened a lot in the last couple of years is what we would call presence. And that's often represented by a little green dot next to your name that means you're available, or a red dot that means you're occupied according to your calendar, um, or you're away from your desk. There's different colors there. And now that is being blended again with the telephone and the email and the um, web conferencing and a lot of different systems. So you're able to converge all of those, and I'm, I'm very confident we're just at the tip of the iceberg on this. And all this translates into convenience for the faculty, and it's a very helpful for keeping in touch with our students and staying in uh, good communication with them. Now, as we expanded our uh, information technology network here at the university, can you talk to us about some recognition that has um, been given us by the IT industry? Sure, it's been very exciting here. Um, we have been recognized by a number of companies through case studies. We have some video case studies that they have published at their expense, um, quite a few press releases out, and um, often they center on either the, the newness of what we're doing, such as the IPTV story, or the fact that what we're doing, we're doing in an educational uh, setting where mostly it would happen in a business setting. We get a lot of stories based on that. So I think Liberty's tried to be very smart in their use of technology um, to make sure that we're actually getting the return on investment that's desired, that we're using it in a way that does actually help us with the goals that the university has and not just by the next cool thing that came down the, the um, road. Um, but we've, we've certainly had many stories out there with Dell and Microsoft and Cisco and Aruba and, and many others. So we're, we're very pleased with the recognitions that have come. The other thing that I've seen is, uh, especially in the last few years, is a lot of the personnel from IT have been being invited out to do some guest speaking on subjects. So um, we're real proud of the team. It's very good. And um, I'm just thinking about the uh, commercialization of technology and I was wondering if you could Talk about what this means for Liberty University. You know, I, I honestly think when I have conversations with the CIO and the other administrators here in the IT organization, um, this is the area where I, I think we're focusing the most. Um, commercialization of IT basically means we went from an era 10 years ago where you had to be highly technical and you had to have your own equipment and if your IT person couldn't do something for you, you had no other options other than maybe putting something together on a, um, a spreadsheet or something of your own. Uh, but that's not true today. There are very specialized softwares for just about everything. I, I tease and say if you're 
want something to track your left-handed people that are sitting on row four, there's probably a software out there that can do that. Um, everyone has a specialized software, um, and they're making it what I would consider uh, consumer-based, basically meaning that um, you can go out for free and get a website. You can go out for free and sign up for more email. You can go out for free and do just about anything you're looking to do. And if it's not free, it's very, very close to free. So you might find something that I could put together on an enterprise level for higher dollars and you say I can do it for $50. And so it's a temptation to have uh, an organization, be it higher ed or, or business, but to have every unit want to go do these on their own or in the higher ed setting to have every professor want to do something on their own. And um, the, the flip side of that is, is now the data is not integrated. It's not there when you leave for the next person to assume. And um, so there's, there's goods and bads, as most things in life are, uh, when you do this. And so we're trying to figure out how do we take all of this readily available service and use it in a wise way for liberty. And then the other piece of this conversation is that we have a culture when we think about our students who've come in who've grown up in this era. So no longer is Liberty competing in the technology field against another university. We're competing with Amazon and Facebook and uh, all the other big ones, Google and so forth. And so the expectations are very, very high. Uh, it's an interesting challenge. I love my job. and. Uh, we get to try to see what the next 10 years looks like. I think it'll be exciting. Again, we want to thank our guests today. This is my wife, Connie Allison, representing IT here at Liberty University. Liberty has maintained a tradition of excellence in technology, and this excellence will continue for years to come. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you.